the game. It's a You're listening to Industrial Evolution. I'm your host, Chad Perry, CTO and software engineer. You can find more episodes and contact information on our website, industrial.fm. Enjoy the show, and if you need help with custom software, data integrations, or strategy, be sure to reach out. That's industrial.fm. Hey, everyone. In this episode, we're speaking with Sven Schubel and Ignacio Perez Alerbach. Sven is vice president and partner at Siemens Advanta Consulting out of Munich. And Ignacio is vice president and global head of partners and platform at Navis out of London. Together, Sven and Ignacio are here to discuss how venture partnerships between large corporates and early stage startups can catalyze innovation for both. In this case, Navis is building the world's leading platform for indoor digitization with panoramic 3D scanning that is both precise and faster than anything else on the market with the same capabilities. So Siemens and Navis are working together to leverage the benefits that each can bring to the market and therefore deliver more value to customers than otherwise possible. This model of venture partnering is available to pretty much anyone. So I've asked Sven and Ignacio to help us understand how the model works and what it can do for you and your customers. Sven, great to have you with us. Great to uh, be here and uh, thank you for uh, having me. Ignacio, you as well. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on the on the podcast. Very excited to uh, to talk about the topic. Sven, can you start with a little context on your role at Siemens Advanta? As you already mentioned, I'm a partner and vice president at uh, Siemens Advanta Consulting, and I'm also heading our global innovation practice. Um, and um, yeah, Siemens, um, as you might know, is a is a global technology company headquartered in Munich. Um, that has always uh, stood for engineering excellence, for innovation, for quality um, and reliability. Um, And um, we are very proud about our transformation to an industrial digital leader. Um, Just recently, we have been ranked number 11 of the most innovative companies worldwide by BCG. And in Europe, we are even on the first uh, place. Um, and um, what we realized is that this knowledge that we gained through this transformation of Siemens is also of high value to other companies. And therefore, we decided two years ago to establish Siemens Adventa as a new independent business unit that helps our customers with their digital transformation and their unique digitalization journey. So um, we are a strategic advisor. We are also a uh, trusted implementation partner in the context of digital transformation and industrial IoT. Um, And uh, we leverage a global network of more than 8,000 employees in 19 countries in 89 offices, um, offering services that range from consulting to design and prototyping to solution and implementation and also to operation, everything um, out of one hand. So we are a startup, if you will, ourselves, because we are relatively new, but a startup with the power and the experience of the whole Siemens company. And in this context, uh, startups and startup partnering or venture partnering also plays an important role uh, that we want to discuss today. 
And Ignacio, what is your role at Navis? And I want to go a little bit deeper into this about what makes Navis so special. Uh, as you mentioned already, I'm the Global Head of Partners and Platform at Navis. I have a consulting background, uh, worked for a couple of years with uh, McKinsey and Company, um, where I was focusing on digital transformations for large corporations and also strategy and high-tech companies. And then joined Navis uh, four and a half years ago when we were just uh, expanding out of Munich, uh, which is our headquarters, uh, and sort of trying to uh, um, you know, get our services and our products uh, to the whole world. Um, and um, uh, thank you for asking about Navis as well. Uh, I'm happy to share a little bit more about the uh, the company. And uh, probably we, we're so probably at the threshold where we're not necessarily a startup anymore, but a fast-growing high-tech company. Uh, so deep tech is probably the um, the, the the important buzzword uh, because a lot of our technology is based on on AI and machine learning. Um, and uh, so just you know a couple of practicalities. So we're based in Munich, uh, Munich, Germany. Uh, where that's our headquarters, but also our uh, assembly for our hardware products. Uh, that's where R&D is. That's where a lot of our software development is. But we also have offices in New York uh, and Shanghai um, and have um, customers globally. Um, so our services and our products uh, try to bridge the gap between the physical and digital world. Um, and essentially, we do that by capturing and sh- allowing our clients to share the built environment, so factories, facilities, as photorealistic digital twins. And this is based um, on our, what do we call SLAM-based mobile mapping systems. Uh, so for those of you who are not aware of what SLAM is, so simultaneous localization of mapping, so a technology that's used um, throughout the world now, also in uh, um, autonomous vehicles, where you know our, uh, our hardware that you push around or you wear on your body uh, is able to scan your environments very, very quickly. Um, And I think what we've done is we have created uh, two hardware products that allow you to scan environments with laser scanners and and, and high resolution photography very, very quickly, but it still add high quality and high accuracy. Um, So just to give you a number, so we're, we're scanning you know, let's say you have a factory or other like office environment, 10 to 20,000 square meters, not feet, but square meters per day uh, is completely normal, which is a really a, a step change from other scanning technologies, which are often just static tripod based. Um, and that's really the the uh, the innovation. So we, we it's a much higher. Uh, so it's it's much quicker than any other uh, hardware out there, but it's still the same. Uh, accuracy. So combining speed and accuracy is really what sets us apart. And then what we what we did then on top of that is to build a software stack, both uh, web-based and mobile-based, that uses that data for different purposes. Uh, we actually just yesterday uh, launched uh, Navis Ivion, uh, which is our platform for that purpose for owners and operators and contractors who can then transform their buildings and assets into intelligent spaces. And one particular thing that I'd like to highlight here is um, our visual positioning technology, which allows you to, uh, with your mobile phone, to just take a photograph. And then that mobile phone with our application in the background will position you precisely in you know, arbitrarily large spaces, be it factories or large facilities, which is a completely revolutionary approach because it doesn't re- you don't require any infrastructure for that to work. And we're literally talking about uh, 10 centimeter accuracy here. 
Um, so it's it's very precise and just very very quick and very intuitive. That's exactly the way that we and animals kind of navigate through through the world. That is exactly what I was going for because I want to tie this together now. And I want to hear from both of you on this, but let's start with you, Sven. From your perspective at a large organization, what exactly is venture partnering? And can you give me a little bit more detail about what exactly it is that Siemens Advanta and Navis have partnered to do? Yeah, for so so venture partnering is, um, or there are different terms you can use in order to describe venture partnering. Some people talk about external innovation or internal uh, open innovation uh, in comparison to um, the traditional corporate innovation, uh, which is more internally focused. Um, for, for me, the main difference um, or the, the main description of venturing, uh, venture partnering is uh, the type of engagement we are practicing when working with a uh, startup company um, and in comparison to a venture investment or a venture capital investment, um, if, if you will. Um, in, in general, corporates have a number of possibilities to work with uh, startups. They can, and this is maybe the traditional way, they can invest into startups, uh, potentially even acquire the startups. They can create their own startups or, and this describes the venture partnering, um, they can build partnerships uh, to work together. Um, and there is no better or worse in these uh, instruments, uh, but all these instruments have their advantages and disadvantages or their uh, main areas where they make uh, most um, um, uh, use. Um, or uh, create the, the biggest benefit. And therefore Siemens applies um, all of them. So we are founding our own startups. Um, in the last 20 years, we have invested almost a billion euro into uh, different young companies. Um, and also we have formed uh, numerous um, uh, partnerships. Um, and personally, uh, I have always been very passionate about the venture partnering uh, because it allows you to connect with so many startups, while if you make um, investments, you can only work with a relatively small number of companies, uh, even if you are such a big company um, like, um, like Siemens. And I would say, and, and Ignacio uh, will have his own view, uh, but I would say also for startups, venture partnering is a very attractive vehicle because it provides some non-dilutive funding. Uh, you don't need necessarily to give away equity as a startup, and still you can work with a corporate um, in, in, a, in a nice partnership and create something new together. Yeah, and Ignacio, like Sven said, I'm sure you have your own perspective on this. So this is truly a partnership model. So from your end, at I know you said you're not a startup, so this would be maybe early-ish stage deep tech. So from your perspective, what does this look like? What what is the venture partnering do for you? We consider this a, a real pleasure and privilege to be working with Siemens. Um, uh, as Sven already pointed out, you know Siemens is a you know a, a real a real lighthouse company in the world when it comes to industrial automation uh, and digital innovation, um, and it's you know obviously huge. And with that size and the quality and the expertise they have, you know a lot of um, this gives a small company like us obviously a lot of benefits um, and 
so we can obviously go into uh, a lot of detail on a lot of levels, but maybe just uh, uh, on a very high level, to us, uh, Siemens is both a, uh, a client, uh, but also a partner. Uh, which is great um, because that means, and we've been we've been working together for quite some time now. So I think the the term startup still applies uh, to the time that we started working together. Um, and I think you know it's fair to say that you know our working together with Siemens has really helped us uh, propel our company to the stage where it is right now. And um, so just to give a high level, you know, a couple of examples of how it helps. Um, I think. A company like Siemens uh, really helped us, you know, get access to industry expertise, um, especially that we now that we've pivoted to uh, um, to manufacturing as a, as a key a key customer segment for us. Uh, obviously, understanding or help with Siemens helping us understand how you know what the priorities are uh, for manufacturing clients. Um, you know, this this really helps us. At the same time, um, a lot of our clients are also uh, also Siemens clients, um, or you know the clients that we'd like to work with, maybe Siemens clients. So that's another way uh, of working together. Where you know, as long as we've um, convinced the Siemens colleagues that they you know that they uh, they can create value for their own clients if they uh, bring us along, um, that can help us because that gives us access to these clients. Um, but also, you know, technology and manufacturing expertise um, is another thing. Obviously, with Siemens being both a producer of hardware and software um, for their own clients, that really, uh, you know, on a let's say on a more generic, more seat, more strategic level, uh, that really helps us, um, you know, just work with that experience as we are, you know, as we are increasing or as we are sort of growing our own. Uh, history as a, as a as a high tech company, and then maybe the last thing is um, uh, Siemens in particular. Obviously, is you know develops a lot of software, um, uh, software that is that our clients use, and you know we'll probably touch upon the ecosystem ideas uh, a, bit, a little bit further in this conversation. But the um, what we're seeing with our clients is that they obviously already have a large um, portfolio of software running, um, especially in the manufacturing environment. And Siemens is obviously one of the uh, the preeminent uh, players in that market. Um, just to give a concrete example, there is uh, the Siemens NX uh, suite, and there is a, a software that's called Line Designer that allows you to you know, uh, design your factory uh, and your assembly lines. And what we do is we provide a very quick, very uh, comprehensive way of creating very accurate 3D uh, data that can then be fed into a system like Siemens NX and then provide the context within which uh, our clients can use NX software to plan even more accurately. Um, and that really helped us because you know working with Siemens and understanding how we can integrate well with their software suites uh, really helped us go to our clients and say, look, we have a, an end-to-end solution for you uh, that doesn't break any workflows, that is seamless, um, and uh, that obviously is, you know, is something that that our clients are working are looking for. And then, you know, on uh, on the side, of course, uh, I mean, these these was these were sort of more um, partnering opportunities. But as I said before, um, Siemens, uh, with its large footprint in the world, is also a client. 
um, which is a great uh, synergy because that means we can not only we can work on the potential joint offerings that we may want to take to other clients. We can work on that internally first within Siemens and then uh, sort of see how that works and then take it forward. What I'm hearing is this really comes back to creating, extending value for your customers. Ultimately, that's what it's about is you can deliver more for your customers that you may not have been able to do, or it may have taken a lot longer. And I'm glad you made that distinction at the beginning, which was you started working with Siemens as a startup, but the goal is not to stay a startup. The goal is to become a viable, successful organization that delivers a lot of value and therefore is rewarded by growth. So I want to come back to you, Sven, because I think that there's more to be detailed out here with what exactly it is that you're getting as an existing corporate entity. And I can think of things like extending innovation, you have access to ideas, uh, faster development, creativity, agility, all these things. So how would you go about prioritizing those or maybe having that conversation with somebody and really get somebody excited about this? Yeah, first of all, um, I want to say that um, I'm very happy to hear from Ignacio how uh, valuable this relationship has been between Siemens and Navis. And um, I also want to say that uh, not only Navis profited from the uh, relationship, but also we as Siemens took a lot out of this ongoing relationship over over many years. Um, and let me put this into the uh, maybe in the larger context of Siemens. I mentioned in the beginning that we have transformed ourselves. Um, our heritage is a German engineering company focusing primarily on hardware-related products, uh, boxes that are shipped from, from us to uh, customers. In the meantime, we are more and more a software or even a platform um, company offering digital services and solutions to our customers. Um, and one of the key concepts in, in that um, context is uh, the digital twin. So a digital representation of your product in um, the uh, also usage phase of our custom along the whole life cycle. So we create a digital representation of the product from the design to the end of the life cycle. And um, the uh, platforms and software tools that Ignacio mentioned on the Siemens side are meant to do this design and, and, and optimization of uh, those uh, products, which is relatively simple in the very beginning. But one of the key challenges is to keep that digital representation up to date along the whole life cycle. And when I say whole life cycle, um, imagine that in industrial manufacturing, you typically have our products in use for uh, numerous years. Um, if we talk about a power plant or a train uh, or a transformer, we talk about life cycles of 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and everything that happens throughout that life cycle needs to incorporate needs to be incorporated into the digital twin uh, to uh, fulfill that value proposition. And here, Navis is a extremely valuable partner because they can help to keep all these um, 
um, digital representations up to date by, for example, do these regular scans of a building or a manufacturing site um, or, or whatever. So it's, it's a, a great benefit for, for, for both uh, sides. Why not do this internally? Why did Siemens not, why was Siemens not already doing this? And I think I know what the answer is, but I'd like to hear that from you. We can do a lot as Siemens. Uh, we, have, we have 20 or 30,000 uh, researchers in our company, but um, we can have as, as many people and as many ideas internally. There are always more ideas outside of the company. Um, and by working with startups um, and, and, and young companies like Navis, uh, we, can, we can get access to a uh, plentitude of uh, those ideas and, and of all uh, this creativity. So startups are for us a, a great source of, of ideas, um, of new technologies, um, of new applications. Um, and um, it's also for us a very effective way to, um, to do uh, validated learning, if you will, uh, because by combining the, the strength of both sides, by combining what, what Ignacio mentioned with regards to a large company like Siemens with the agility, the creativity, um, and, and, and this, this fast uh, working style of a startup, um, we, we can very quickly um, test ideas, validate ideas, and then bring those ideas into the larger context that we as a big uh, corporate can provide. Uh, something to highlight here, which is that the I think it's really important that a, a startup, a high tech company that's growing, needs to be laser focused on creating something, yeah, very focused, very bounded, very limited, but that is absolutely excelling at that particular niche that you that you want to cover, because then it can really become a sort of a high impact, complementary capability. Um, that uh, a company like Siemens can uh, ingest and, and sort of integrate into their own offerings. Um, and that probably gives you the best, you know, the, the best, um, the best probability of success, really, because you, that means that you have maybe just two or three uh, building blocks, but they're so incredibly good that even uh, a company like Siemens with their 20 to 30,000 R&D people wouldn't be able to you know, come up with the the laser focus that you need to get to that level of performance in that particular building block. And that, you know, puts you in a good position to then partner with a company like Siemens. You used the word success. And in a business context, we know that in order to achieve success, for the most part, you really need to understand what the outcomes are and the metrics for measuring that success. So I'd like to hear again from both of you guys on this, but Sven, let's start with you. How do you go about ensuring that a partnership is successful? What is the approach and then what is the ongoing model for dealing with that? I think when, when, you, when you look at an individual partnership, an individual project that um, a startup does with a corporate, it's very important that the expectations are clear from the very beginning. Um, so the basis for the co um, cooperation is always a contract. Um, 
in which we clarify what is expected from each party, what is it that we are trying to achieve, um, and how do we measure uh, success in this particular case. I think this is, this is very important. Um, this is not about playing around. This is not about just exploring some things. This is meaningful to both sides. Um, and therefore, it's very important to put all these expectations on the table and then also to formulate this into a contract that um, deals with the expected outcome and also with the um, yeah, uh, commercial implications of that um, outcome. Um, and, and, and the outcome uh, can be a, um, a, a, a proof of concept in, in the simplest form. Uh, finding out whether an idea that you are having actually works. Um, and um, it can um, also go beyond. It might be that jointly we create intellectual property. Uh, we find out something that can be used and that can be built on. Um, so also um, new assets um, can be uh, created. Um, and sometimes the co collaboration uh, leads then to a ongoing relationship, be it that like in the case between Siemens and Navis, uh, there is a customer relationship between the two companies. It might even be the case that um, the larger company decides to invest into the um, partnership or in, in into the um, other company. So there are then numerous numerous possibilities to move forward. Uh, but it's important to have uh, the expectations clear for the for the first step, and then if you if you step back from the individual project, um, it's a little bit a portfolio perspective that we are applying. So it's um, a great number of partnerships we are managing at the same time, um, and uh, similarly, like a venture capitalist would do, uh, we look at the overall portfolio and and look at well, how many projects could we uh, successfully start? How many of those projects uh, yielded the results that we um, formulated in the beginning? Um, how many of the results that we created were actually transferred in one of our businesses and are being leveraged in this uh, larger um, context? Um, we, we look at the hit rate. Uh, how many failures do we have and how many successes? If you only have successes, that's not good because then you haven't taken enough risk. If you only have failures, that's not good either. Um, so um, it's, it's, it's the overall portfolio performance we are looking at and within the portfolio, uh, whether we get out what we formulated in the beginning, um, what, what the expectations are. I would imagine that that is one of the key differentiators when you look at the perspective from the corporate versus the early stage. You both want to have those objectives clarified. And even though it's a sense of creativity and maybe a sense of exploration, it is in that spirit with concrete objectives that can be validated because at the end of the day, it's a business you're both running a business and you need to make sure that you have something to show and justification. So Ignacio, from your perspective, I would imagine you're probably not working with nearly as many venture partners as, as somebody like Siemens. Um, how do you see this? I, I'd like to split my, my answer into two parts. One, 
you know, how do, how would we measure success? And the other is um, just probably a, a couple of points on the, the mechanics and also replying to um, uh, or building upon what, what Sven said. So on the on the metrics, I think it's uh, if you in and I can only obviously speak for for our experience. Um, yes, you can try to uh, to find metrics uh, that can be measured. Uh, ideally, it's you know something like you know number of joint customer engagements, projects. Um, maybe even you know amount of money kind of coming or amount of bookings coming through the door through this partnership um and uh, that would be that's ideal um but what we found is that oftentimes these things just come quite a few months or years down the line um and so you probably need to find some some metrics before that some proxies that will sort of be in early indicators for hope for for future success and they can be things like you know um uh, yes a poc that works well and that a client has a positive response or a positive experience from that um or, or just the amount of traction that you may gain uh on the marketing side or on the branding side from working and publishing uh engaging engagement with a with a partner like siemens um, so I think I I think and that that takes me to the um, um, to the one or two points that I wanted to build on 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 top of what Sven said, which is I guess from a from the perspective of a smaller company like us, um, you need to be careful not to overstructure and overformalize uh, these these partnerships. I find. Uh, and I'm just saying that because we've we've had um, we've had situations with other partners or potential partners where the first thing that they wanted to do is to set up a first an agreement without having anything done. For, you know, just set up an agreement first. Uh, I don't know, fifty pages. You know, deep corporate lawyer speak, um, and we spend months and months going through that, and then literally nothing came out of that, and. I think that that is, you know, and that can be really, really uh, devastating for a small company like us, where we have limited capacity, and you need to really be careful where you put your time and your your money and your resources. So I would very much encourage uh, an approach that is yes, um, you know, define what the def- what define what the the metrics are um, if needed in in an agreement, yes, uh, but also make it iterative. Uh, I start with something small. And hopefully an agreement that is also small and manageable, and then see how that goes, and then take it from there, and then hopefully build from you know build on small steps of success, and then you know make ever larger steps. Don't start with something that is humongously complicated agreements and you know plans because you know especially in high tech you never really know what's going to happen. Um, so it's really important to be agile. And then I think that, and the second point that I wanted to raise here is that the, in order for that to work, uh, the sort of iterative small steps that grow over time, I think trust is incredibly important. Um, and we've been very lucky in the sense that we've been able to build a lot of trust with, uh, with the Siemens teams across the world, really, across business units, uh, uh, with Sven's team at Advanta, with with you know, the software teams with um, Siemens as a client. 
Um, and we've been very humble along the way and been always trying to add value. Um, and over time, that really helps because we, you know, once you have a trusted relationship with certain players within a company like Siemens, you know, you can you can take another step within Siemens and, you know, refer back to these early contacts you had. And then hopefully if that was a trusted relationship, then, you know, that trust will sort of transfer over to that new contact you have and you build out that network. And within with that network being sort of your, uh, your safety net, then, you know, these this iterative approach without super large agreements uh, is actually possible and sort of it reinforced and it's sort of a mutually reinforcing cycle that you're building up over time. Yeah, hopefully that is that, that gives a little bit of insight as to, you know, what we learned over the, over the time. And those are some concrete steps that a small company can take to, to start this process. And so I'm curious from your end, Sven, what are some concrete steps that you would need to take in a larger organization to find a partner like this, to start a program, to get buy-in from the decision makers? I know that there are other considerations. Ignacio very nicely described it. Um, you need this interface um, that helps to build this trust and to um, help with the first steps until you have a broader relationship into the into the corporate um, it's like a gearbox between uh, different parts that move at a different speed. Um, and and um, this gearbox relates to the specific competence that you need in order to bring these both very complementary worlds uh, together. And um, this is actually people who are familiar with both worlds, who have a great network and a good understanding for the startup world. Um, and even more importantly, who have the internal network into a large corporate, uh, because we are complex animals. Um, uh, we, we, we are a large organization um, in a company like Siemens. There are numerous stakeholders. There are um, numerous processes, rules, and regulations that you have to be um, familiar with. Uh, so you need this navigation support for a smaller um, company to find the right inroad, to address the right topic, to develop the right narrative that connects to a larger priority of a uh, business. Um, you need to know about uh, the decision-making in the large corporate. You need to understand uh, the timing. When is money available? How do the budget cycles look like? And all that is completely intransparent for a small company sitting outside of, of the company. And I remember Ignacio had this nice example with the 50-pager. I also remember a, uh, an, a long email that a startup founder uh, presented to me who um, tried to find an inroad to Siemens. And he sent an uh, email to some Siemens colleague who immediately asked for a PowerPoint presentation and some additional material just to forward this to another person in the company who again asked for input and for some additional material. And over six months, this email thread became, I think, 50 pages long or so and ended with the same person that this startup founder had started the journey with uh, without any output. And uh, this unnecessary um, interactions, um, this this 
long period that literally can kill a startup, this is what we can shortcut by providing this gearbox that connects the the, the smaller company with our big uh, company of Siemens. When you describe the 50-page email and the thread and getting sucked into a corporate black hole, that is the opportunity for innovation. I mean, I, I would say that that's the core opportunity in in our context in terms of venture partnering. If you can't get past being a large bureaucratic organization, if you can't figure out ways to shortcut that, as you mentioned, that's a showstopper. Yeah, this this is step number one, and and I also wanna wanna um, um, well advertise a little bit the the the, the rationale be, behind all this uh, bureaucracy. We we are a large company uh, with a global footprint, and we we provide critical infrastructure. Um, you don't want to have a power plant uh, go down. You don't want to have a train crash or whatever. So regulations, processes, um, approvals, and so on. This is all necessary for the markets we are in. Um, and this is all knowledge and complications that a startup cannot be and probably should not be um, concerned about uh, because we can make this link. We, we can combine the specific technology or idea or offering of the startup into this larger, more complex animal um, of, of, of the Siemens uh, cosmos. Um, but the important is that there is this gearbox and, and important is that um, the, um, the, um, the, the collaboration addresses something that is important for Siemens. Uh, going back or referring back to the um, bigger picture I shared earlier with the digital twin, um, we we have worked with Navis because it's so strategically important in the larger context of our digitalization strategy. And similarly, every um, startup collaboration that we initiate uh, follows the principle of think big, start small. The think big is the strategic priority we are pursuing as Siemens, and the starting small is this specific, very uh, focused um, collaboration that we jo- that we jointly form. I want to come back to you, Ignacio. If you were having a conversation with another early stage company, and they wanted to have the same kind of successful partnership that you have had, what advice would you give them? Broad spectrum, and maybe any kind of lessons learned. I think the the main thing is. Uh, <laughs> First of all, you, you need to start with yourself, right? You need to know exactly what you want to do. Uh, I think that's something that we learned the hard way as well, because uh, the technology that we built um, is very widely, you know, usable. So you can use our technology to uh, digitize airports, um, you know, facilities, warehouses, you know, transportation hubs, shopping malls, or factories, what have you. And I think over time, we we really had to learn the hard way that we needed to pivot and really, really focus. And that's what we've done. We've, uh, uh, with our, on our enterprise side, we focus on manufacturing. So on basically digitizing factories. So that was the first thing. So you need to know exactly what you want to do and how your sort of what the spike and the real 10x factor of your of your technology is. I think that's the first thing. And then as you look out to the world, um, you know, you need to define sort of who can be the multiplier partner that can really 
if you only had to choose one or two, like what are, which companies are the ones that can get you, you know, really, really far? Um, and for, for us, you know, Siemens were, you know, was a, was an immediate choice because, um, you know, for practical reasons, they are also based in Munich. So you can already start building, um, you know, local relationships, which, you know, even in times of, uh, of COVID and, uh, teams, um, and, and all kinds of virtual conferences is still an important factor. So we were able to build relationships very quickly because of that local, local factor, but obviously also, you know, Siemens is, uh, for the reasons uh, noted above, um, uh, you know, globally active, huge company, uh, highly regarded in the world, uh, and is a potential client and partner. So that worked really well. So finding those, you know, maybe one, two, three key partnerships that you want to focus on, not 20, not 30, but rather two or three. Then once you've chosen that sort of just, you know, going through the funnel, if you will, once you've chosen the company, then as, as Sven said, finding the right inroads, you know, who are the people who are most most open to you approaching them? Uh, and that can, you know, take a long time. Uh, but, you know, there's LinkedIn uh, and there are, you know, fora where, you know, people from uh, companies like Siemens, you know, present themselves and you probably want to go for people that, you know, whose business interest is in uh, in an area that, you know, where you add value, right? So oftentimes these are innovation people or in, in Sven's case, you know, the consulting teams that always try to find new, exciting um, building blocks in their own offerings. Um, and then when you found these right people, then the next step is to, you know, you need to, you need to really do a, just a great pitch. Um, and that pitch needs to be to the point, very short, uh, and connect to the value that you can bring. Um, and so I, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, smiling to myself when when Sven, um, you know, um, I recounted that that example of the the, the long email uh, that a founder sent. I think it, it needs to be incredibly short, uh, just really maybe even just a couple of lines saying, you know, this is what we, this is the value that we can bring to you. And this is how we connect to your priorities. Uh, all companies like Siemens as well have, you know, their strategic agenda or their, um, you know, their, their annual reports um, on their websites. Try to find what is really, really important to that company right now. And we found out that for Siemens, you know, the, the whole topic of a digital twin uh, is critically important to their strategy. So that's something that where we could connect immediately. Then uh, as a, uh, as Sven said, the, find the right timing. Yes. So, you know, find out when are the budget cycles, when are people, uh, when you're connecting to salespeople, when are they probably very busy with quarter closures? When are they probably more open, which is probably at the start of a quarter? Um, and then, you know, focus on, in your pitch, focus on the few high impact complementary capabilities or building blocks that you can really add to the mix things that will really wow, wow a company like Siemens. Um, but also, you know, try to reduce the barriers of collaborating with you. Don't come in with the idea of, you know, yes, you can use our technology, but here are all my caveats and constraints, but rather try to make it as easy for the uh, the corporate to use as possible. And then final point, if you can bring your own opportunities as well, because that always, uh, in my experience, you know, wows a company that you want to partner with when you can say, look, uh, these are the ways that we can, that I think we can work together. And by the way, here is a client of mine or of ours 
that is already interested and I think we can work together uh, and make it even better for that client. I think, you know, if you can take all of these boxes, and I know that's difficult, I think you have the best chance of getting through and not end up in this huge loop that Sven discussed. Um, but yes, it, it is difficult, but I think that's that's the only way to do. And you, as, a, as a small company, you need to do your homework. Sven, piggybacking on that, uh, this will have to be our final question, unfortunately. I'm curious, what are you guys doing to promote this kind of thing and this kind of innovation in your consulting clients? Listening to this Siemens Navi story, um, I, I, I think you get an idea why why I have been so passionate about um, venture partnering. It's it's a great tool. Um, it's a great lever um, to um, improve your innovativeness as a uh, company. Um, the time of the closed laboratories and and research labs is over. Um, innovation takes place in ecosystems. Innovation takes place in partnerships, and um, startup companies are a very important um, part of this ecosystem. Um, and therefore, I can only encourage every company to do it. Do apply venture partnering, um, and um, when you do it, be aware that this requires some competence. It requires managing the relationship between companies that are, that are a little bit different, that have different priorities, have different rules and different cultures. So be aware that this does not happen automatically, but that you need this competence um, in order to provide this gearbox, as I described it um, earlier. Um, and and um, building on, on the original idea of Siemens Adventa, um, we, we have gained a lot of experience in that space. We have worked with startups now for more than 15 years um, and, and have all these experiences, um, including all the failures, including all the mistakes uh, we made along the way. Um, and therefore, I would encourage companies who consider uh, doing something um, in that um, respect to look for a good partner, look for somebody who knows how to do it uh, and can help you um, install your own practice and form your own um, set of uh, interesting and, 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 and valuable uh, venture partnerships. Thank you. And on that note, if somebody wants to work with Siemens Advanta, what is the best way for them to start that process or get in touch? Yeah, the, the easiest uh, is reach out, uh, send me a note, give me a call. Um, uh, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn, um, and and I'm I'm happy to to explore any idea. Um, like I said before, my favorite theme is think big, start small, um, and starting small um, starts with a, a conversation, understanding what is the situation, what is the problem statement, to then see whether there is something that we can contribute and that we can help with. Um, and then we take it from there. So uh, very easy. Ignacio, if somebody is interested in learning more about what you guys are doing or maybe getting in touch, what is the best way for them to do that? So we're obviously uh, on all social media. Um, website is navis.com. Um, or I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, more than happy to chat with anyone who's interested in our technology. Uh, either as a client or to partner. Uh, really looking forward to uh, 
you know, changing the world of, uh, of spatial intelligence, 3D reality capture. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys will be successful in doing that. Guys, Sven, Ignacio, thank you so much. 